That's Simple Pursuit. Mm. That is from the Passion CD. Melody Malone, which that's got to be a lot of pressure to be a singer and your, your name's Melody. Rough <laughs> 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 key again. Uh. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> good morning. It's Risenstein. It's Good Friday. And, you know, Passover was not the only feast celebrated at this time of year. You get and, three for the price of one. Yes, yeah. and not not the only one in the Old Testament. Feast of First Fruits also celebrated, along with Feast of Unleavened Bread. Mm-hmm. So Ray uh, Ray Haynes, our general manager, who comes in periodically to teach on the feasts, and all of his teachings are available at Victory on Demand. And this week's teaching on Passover is available there and also on the blog, blog.victory915.com and at the Risenstein Facebook page. But he's in to talk about the Feast of Fruits. And what's really cool this year, I don't know when the last time this happened like this. I have no recollection of it, and I didn't Google it, but I will. Tomorrow, Feast of First Fruits happens, begins Saturday night and mm -hmm. on Sunday morning. So mm -hmm. it is the celebration of the resurrection. And this year, it actually happens on Resurrection Sunday. Mm -hmm. So wow. whichever calendar you go by, you are mm -hmm. you are right there. Mm -hmm. So the only weirdness to this is, of course, we're here on Tuesday for Passover, which was the crucifixion. And here we are on Good Friday to remember the crucifixion again. <laughs> so if you're hearing the song... I got you, babe. It's not like a Christian Groundhog Day. We just get kind of a bonus day to focus on the cross, which is a good thing. Yep. But I understand there could be a little confusion there. So uh, just in the simplest of terms, there are two different calendars that we're talking about here. The Hebrew calendar, the biblical calendar, which goes back, counts from the beginning of time since the creation of Adam and going forward. So it's the year 5777, 5777. Obviously, they do not remember the uh, birth of Christ and celebrate it like we do. Mm -hmm. They do have a BCE, but that's the common era, so they kind of... Look at that. But we, of course, in the year 2017 uh, A.D., after uh, Christ and his birth. So when you go back in time, if you wonder what's happening, if you just a, a quick referral back to Tuesday, the Romans obviously did not have a great relationship with the Jews. And at the time of Jesus, obviously, they were par party to his crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And even... As the church started, by the time of the death of John the Baptist, um, actually, it would be the Apostle John, by the time of the death of the Apostle John, the the Romans, who now, of course, the church started in, in Rome, mm -hmm. so obviously it was a Christian church, mm -hmm. but because they were Romans, they had an absolute hatred for the Jews, and so even by the year 100 and 150 in those years, it was absolutely illegal for a Christian to celebrate uh, anything Jewish mm. whatsoever. Uh, the Passover, those kind of things, uh, at the point of death. It was in the year 135 that after fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, they finally expelled the Jews from the area. The region was called Judea, which is where the name Jews came from. They were Israelites, but they called Jews. So they were expelled, and they began to call it Palestine at that point. So way back when, uh, up until 1948, when Israel became a nation again, they had been expelled, and so they were all over the place. And so for that reason, 
as the Roman calendar, the Gregorian calendar from Pope Gregory that we use today came into fashion, obviously anything Jewish on it was was taken out, and the Eucharist alone, by, by the year 100, uh, instead of the concept of first fruits or Passover, you had the Eucharist at Easter. So that's kind of where we got to this point. So rarely do the calendars merge in this unusual sort of way, but uh, since we follow both calendars and we look at the Jewish feasts, because in order to really grasp what happened here, it's not enough just to go back to the cross. You have to go back just a little further mm-hmm. to realize that, you know, God has not just been pursuing you for uh, 2,000 years. He has been pursuing you. He had, this was in the works when he made you. Mm. 6,000 years ago, he was thinking about you. And I, I, I just can't get enough of realizing just how much how deeply god loves us so so we're going to jump into the feast of first fruits and celebrate the resurrection of jesus and and what happened on that day besides the resurrection of jesus that makes it really exciting so we're going to try to pronounce this right actually you can help me because you get it right every time in honor of uh, dr shabu our dear dear friend the book is called Leviticus. No, it is not. <laughs> I'll never do it. Leviticus. Leviticus. Le- well, Dr. Shabu would pronounce it Leviticus. He would pronounce it Leviticus. And uh, uh, I tell you what, dear, dear friend, he's pastoring over North Carolina now. And uh, so miss him and, and especially miss that because one of my favorite uh, words that he said. So here's what it says in Leviticus 23. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest he shall wave the sheaf before the lord to be accepted on your behalf on that day after the sabbath the priest shall wave it and you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the lord Hmm. so even though it is good friday and we're back celebrating or looking at the crucifixion again Mm -hmm. there actually was again uh, a lamb slain on this day even though we've uh, already had passover and all the thing to remember there is what are the what are the Jews doing on the on the feast of first fruits? They are there. It's a, it's a faith move. This is pretty early before there's really much of um, a harvest. Mm-hmm. So they're going out there with the barley in hand, and they're in the field on the early morning hours, waving the barley, thanking God for the harvest to come. All right, so get that in your mind. First Corinthians fifteen, but now Christ is risen from the dead. And has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The exact same word there from the Old Testament to the New Testament. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. For each one in its own order. Christ the first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ's at his coming. Hmm. So needless to say, this is a huge, significant day for the church. And as we pray for Jewish brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. whether they, you know, even remotely consider God, you know, this isn't a huge feast for the Jews anymore because it's no longer that kind of a community uh, as Passover is. But this day is unbelievably significant for us. And so we're going to kind of step into that moment of the New Testament not really going to go back through the the years because it's not one of those feasts that there's a whole lot to teach you about except mm-hmm. the wave offering. So, yeah. and, and and there's there's no doubt. There, you know, yeah. Paul doesn't leave any doubt that no. this is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. He says first fruits. Jesus right. is the first fruits. Um, so you know, I think that's kind of cool in 
the way my parents might look at stuff. Oh, well, you guys are just uh, taking that out of context, or you guys are reading into that, or you guys made that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you can't, really can't argue that one. No. And, and it's really clear. The irony here is, you know, it's it's the day after the Sabbath. So uh, this year it would be four days after the celebration of Passover. But whatever day, however it rolls around, however weird the calendars are, it celebrates something of faith that is happening, that's coming. It's not happened yet. Mm -hmm. It's about to come. It's a harvest that's about to come. I mean, think about this. For 1,500 years, they stand out in a field on this morning, and they wave and thank him for the harvest Mm. to come. Mm. And here the church begins. So when I want you to put yourself in that position, all right, so you're back 2,000 years ago. You're You're one of the disciples. Why are you grieving about Jesus dying? He's told you over and over he's going to rise again. But, again, they're coming from a Jewish perspective because they just had Passover. And that now the cross, and they are as confused as can be because the one thing that never happens is the Passover lamb never gets resurrected. It's it's eaten. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, you know, three days later, they're still just as confused as they could be because they're thinking Passover. The mm-hmm. lamb was slain, and no matter how many times they... they walk through that but if you look across all the symbolism Mm -hmm. you know he breaks the matzah down the middle right Mm -hmm. he was tearing the curtain apart even then that kept them from his presence that was his body wow not only was he going to rise he was going to empty part of hades this is a huge day you know it's the day that noah's flood ended it it represents the day they walked through the red sea Mm. This day is uh, massive, and I wanna, want you to step into this day. The story of the rich man and Lazarus, Luke 16. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. I'm just gonna throw some verses at you because this is obviously not a sermon you get to hear a whole lot. This particular day, we focus just on Jesus, but he actually had a pretty big job apart from dying on the cross for our sins. He actually had quite a bit going on on his schedule that day. And so number one, we're going back and look at what Hades is right there in Luke 16. Now, First Peter 3, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison mm-hmm. who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. So he goes and preaches to the dead in Hades. So that's an unusual verse. Again, probably why I don't hear a lot of sermons on that one either. So why is he preaching in Hades? This is, a, this is not something going on still today. This is a one-time event because this was right around his death and getting ready for his resurrection. But mm-hmm. he's going down, and in a real sense, he's doing Passover for them too. He's the Passover lamb, mm. and he's going to introduce himself right. for all the captives. We're talking for, at that point, 4,000 years of humanity from um, Adam and Eve from Abel all the way to the thief on the cross are now in Hades Mm -hmm. and they're watching him. Mm. You know, all of us have to enter through one door. 
And that door is Jesus Christ. There's no other door. You just can't do it, no matter how hard you try. And if you're trying, you're wasting your time. So those who were, those who are, and those who are to come, everyone has to come through Jesus. They cast their crowns down on his feet. And this was an opportunity for Moses and Abraham, for everyone to worship at the feet of Jesus. And here's what it says in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. So you talk about the valley of the shadow of death. The ultimate purpose of Passover is to destroy death. And he was slain from the foundation of the world to that end. So 1 Corinthians 15 says, For he must reign till he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Mm. And that's a hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Amen. 2 Timothy 1, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and his grace, which is given us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Revelation 20, fast forward. Then death and Hades, both, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Also, Revelation 21, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no, no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And I'm just going to give you one more verse. I know that's a whole lot of verses there to chew on, <laughs> but I want you to understand where we're going, because you are going to celebrate Jesus like you've never celebrated Jesus. Matthew 27, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised coming out of the grave after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly. You think? I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. Truly, this was the Son of God. Now, they mixed three days of, of events, all of that little piece in that verse there. But this is the history and well-known history. So they don't go into a whole lot of great detail because they're writing in the time that it happened. Mm -hmm. But secondly, the guy who wrote it is hiding in his room. While it's going on, the disciples were scared to death at that point. They had no idea what was happening. But with the Passover as our context, you can piece it together pretty easy. The earthquake, in a sense, opens the door for Jesus into the bosom of Abraham. Now, we're talking spiritually, not physical. This is the place of the dead. So the people, the, the Bible says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawned. So the first time ever light has invaded the darkness of Hades. Mm. Jesus arrives. His skin shredded from the lash. Holes in his hands, feet in his side. He has been beaten, bloodied, and hardly looks human. Except to the prophets who saw him like this thousands of years before. That's where we'll go next. Mm. Feast of First Fruits on Risenstein, Victory 91.5. We'll post this up on the Risenstein Facebook page through the blog. You can go to blog.victory915.com. Don't get with it yet. It's not posted. <laughs> It'll be posted.